And now, Perez connects into the midsection. Looking for Pop Rocks! Pop Rocks! to the latest episode of NXT Talk to Chill, where we chat about all things NXT. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, we had a feel-good episode of NXT with a new NXT Women's Champion crowned. By God almighty. Yep, they Finally pulled the trigger. It finally happened. Here we go. It is it's a new era here on NXT 2.0, or I guess the whatever it's called now, NXT again. Uh, but uh, Toxic Attraction has lo- lost all their belts. Mandy Rose, beltless for the first time in 400 plus days. Very interesting how all of this came about. Um, yeah, let's just let's just get to it. You know, we heard it off the top. Roxanne Perez, your new NXT Women's Champion. I feel like, uh, number one, I'm glad that the winner of the Survivor uh, or the Iron Survivor Challenge won the belt. It gives some credibility to that match. You know, if they do it again next year, I'm going to be looking forward to it because, hey, we're one for one right now. So point, point there. I was shocked at how fast all of this happened. I'm assuming there might be plans for Mandy Rose on the main roster. I'm assuming that they wanted this to be done on a live episode of NXT as opposed to a pre-tape because I do know that right now they're literally recording for uh, NXT for the next two weeks uh, because the NXT side is getting a full-on Christmas vacation. Um, But, you know, they could have easily waited until New Year's Evil. So I wonder what the overall reasoning was. Overall, I'm happy. Let's do this. Yeah, I think the reason probably can be summarized uh, just they want to, you know, do something exciting on the television show. Remind you to watch NXT every week because big things could happen. The New Day could show up. They could challenge the champs and they could win the NXT tag titles. Or maybe Roxanne Perez could challenge the champ and she could walk out with the NXT championship. It makes me wonder if we're gonna get Braun Breaker losing his title at New Year's Evil and they just didn't want two championship changes in one night Ooh, maybe maybe well like I can see them keeping Braun in NXT for a little longer because he is so young but Braun doesn't have anything else to learn he's ready to go Mandy Rose has been ready to go back up to the main roster for six months if not longer so this is long overdue this title change This doesn't surprise me at all. As soon as they announced this match, I was like, oh, shit, they're changing the title tonight. The fact that they announced the match and the way they built it up 
that's what surprised me. But the fact that uh, after 400 days, they would finally take the belt off of Mandy. That, that can't surprise anybody, right? Like. No, I don't. I don't think. I think it was a matter of when and whom, right? Like, it, it, I, I, I was almost. Well, you were convinced it was going to be Indy Hartwell for a certain time there. Um, you know, it makes sense that it is Roxanne Perez. You know, build a cornerstone of any women's division and any promotion out of Roxanne Perez. You know, it's like why not? Twenty-one years old, all the talent in the world, all the charisma, the natural charisma that comes out of Roxanne Perez. It's you know, it's just absolutely outright insane. Uh, so WWE NXT would be stupid not to build, uh, you know, any all of their women's division off of Roxanne Perez this early. What is she? Twenty-one right now. Twenty-two. Twenty-one. Already, yeah, there you go, 21, already probably the best wrestler in NXT. Maybe Kaylee Ray is the best uh, wrestler in NXT, Alba Fire. But since her gimmick change, she hasn't really been able to show it. I think Roxanne is the best female wrestler in NXT right now, regardless of age, regardless of potential, regardless of the organic babyface qualities that she has. Just on merit alone, she deserves this title. So I'm pumped. Exactly. Um, it's great stuff. Like, overall, I really enjoyed this week's episode of NXT. I think that it was, you know, capped off with the title change. Um, and there was a lot of uh, hype around that match throughout the episode. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, quickly, before we get to the rest of the show, I want to give kudos to Vic Joseph and even Booker T for that main event call. They did a fantastic job of calling that main event. Booker was on point. It just goes to show you that he's on point when he wants to be on point. Um, and Vic Joseph did a great job of telling a story through that match. Yeah, I thought Booker had a pretty good night. And I'm actually I'm digging Booker's feud with the the new day here. He's got brewing up. Like you said, when Booker wants to be, he can be a good announcer. I think in the past couple of weeks, he's been completely over Vic Joseph. And he's like, who is this clown? I don't want to work with this guy. But he was been he was on his best behavior at deadline. And he even opened the show on camera saying he's going to bring his A game tonight. And I think that he knew how the main event was going to go down. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. It. But even his reaction was awesome when everything did go down. Um, and like you, we both pointed it out to each other. As soon as those introductions were going on with Alicia Taylor, you knew the title was changing hands based on that just that grin that Roxanne Perez had from ear to ear. Yeah, even in her opening promo to start yeah. the show, she was laughing a couple of times. Like when she actually challenged for Roxanne, or uh, when she actually challenged Mandy for the title, she kind of like broke and laughed a little bit, as though she couldn't believe that she was challenging a champion. You're like, yeah, as though it was like, fuck, this is really happening. You know what I mean? Like it was actually knowing how the how the show ended. It was a really nice moment, and I'm gonna go back and watch it. I think tomorrow morning while I'm uh, gearing up for work. Awesome, awesome. We'll get to the rest of the match later, but we have a whole show, about an hour and 45 to get to before we can talk about that match. But Matt, overall, what were your, uh, how, how did you feel about this week's episode of NXT? It was okay. It wasn't like the best I've ever seen, but no, exactly. it was a one match show. I will, I will certainly remember the big, uh, the big match and moment. I, I think it was definitely a thumbs up, a win. One match show and one special effects show. 
<laughs> yes, yeah. There were a couple things, a couple, a couple notable things going on. Uh, before we start the show, I did want to quickly touch on main event and level up because I watched both of those things this week, Boris, because a couple of my favorites were on those shows. So just quickly, 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 Katana Chance defeated K- Tamina on uh on main event this was a terrible wrestling match these uh these women were not on the same page tamina hits a super kick pulls katana chance up and uh then katana chance wins with like a sunset flip or something i actually i literally forget but uh yeah bad match neither looked good but katana chance did get the win on tamina i guess tamina is doing a losing streak gimmick uh so that's a thing sure (laughs) you are literally yawning as i say that boris that's the correct reaction i'm not offended Uh, cedric alexander defeated trick williams the highlight of this show is trick williams in between these two matches cut an awesome promo trick is so fucking funny he is such a good orator such a hilarious promo uh, a natural charisma to this guy so he was on the phone with carmelo hayes and then he threw cedric alexander his keys told him to park his car and it was chirping cedric alexander and of course alexander said i'm actually your opponent tonight blah bitty, blah bitty. It's to a match. The match wasn't great. It was very, very basic indie level match. Like Trick Williams is super new still. He's probably had 25 matches in his career. Max, maybe, maybe, but uh, pretty good for what it was. Cedric Alexander wins this match with the lumbar check. Very cool. Very cool. I'm telling you, man, the charisma that Trick Williams has, he's going to be the A game of that duel. He's, that guy's going to be a star if he can figure out the wrestling aspect of wrestling because he's he's been gifted with the talking aspect of wrestling. Uh, level, I love level that. up quickly. <laughs> no, that, thank you. <laughs> it's uh, it's true though, man. He's got the stuff you can't teach. So if he can learn the teachables, that guy's going to be fucking incredible. All right, there, Enzo. <laughs> you can't teach that, buddy. NXT level up. This was Friday, December 9th after SmackDown. Odyssey Jones defeated Damon Kemp. That one surprised me. Damon Kemp, I wonder if he's in the doghouse or if this is a storyline that he's losing more and more because he's about to bring in his brother, Boris. Yeah, that's interesting. That's very interesting that he lost. Um, how, how uh, How did Odyssey Jones look? Uh, he he was very pumped to be back. This was his first match back since his injury, I believe, uh, on television anyway. And he, he looked very pumped. It was a basic match. Uh, Odyssey Jones wins the cross body like he's Ricky fucking Steamboat. <laughs> Love it. Uh, the the highlight of this show, and I'm dead serious, was Saul Ruka versus Valentina Feroz. Saul Ruka's finish in this match. Did you see this on Twitter? Everyone is talking about this. There's so much attention on this. Um, you're seeing reports that uh, everyone was freaking out when this move happened, and you know they're they're, they're gonna essentially strap the rocket to her. So we've seen. I think it's Ninja Mac has done this this variant of a of an RKO of a cutter in New Japan. But basically, Saul Ruka. Uh, bounces off the middle rope like she's doing a Vader bomb and then flips herself into like a shooting star front flip out of the Vader bomb like handstands on the top rope front flips out of that handstand 
and catches her opponent in an RKO on the way down. It's a Vader bomb shooting star RKO is how I guess you would describe it. I don't know. Ninja Mac has done it recently in New Japan. And Sal Ruka clearly subscribing to Dark Puro Resu Flosion on Twitter.com, seeing them gifts and stealing them moves. But yeah, Sal Ruka busted out an amazing move. It's her now her finishing move. The crazy flipping middle rope cutter thing. So that was the highlight of this show by far. Yeah, that, I, like a, a lot of people are talking about this. I haven't seen this just yet. You know who I feel sorry for every time Saul Rooker comes up and like gets praised? Uh, Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton. Because they're the same human. Well, hopefully they do like a, a two sides of the coin kind of feud where like Saul Ruka is the good girl and Tiffany Stratton is the bad girl. They could have like a they could have a rivalry theoretically. Or they can be a tag team. Theoretically. Perhaps. Perhaps they could. Yes, yes. Uh and the main event of this show was Trick Williams defeating Ikamanjiro with the 360 big boot. Uh yeah, this is exactly the match that you're picturing in your head. Exactly. Interesting. Very interesting. Trick Williams getting a lot of TV matches. Yeah, they're they're well it makes sense. I think Melo's gonna go up exactly right. Melo's Melo's been ready and they, they're just they're trying to get uh get trick on that speed run, trying to speed run a wrestling career here. Do you think that's the hold up with Melo is Trick Williams? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. And it's yeah. not like it's it, it, I don't think it's a bad thing. I really don't. But yeah, but yes, Trick Williams needs time. If if they're going to be an act together and you're going to want Trick Williams to wrestle, they're not ready. If that's the case, they are not ready. Yeah. Makes sense to me, right? Like you know, WWE is obviously paying more attention to their call-ups. Electra Lopez comes to mind recently, right? Um, we're kind of replacing her at the 11th hour, or quite literally, uh, before uh, Zelina Vega was introduced to Legado. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense, and I like that, right? Like, don't you don't need to rush these things, you know? You, you really don't. I, I don't like seeing these people rushed. Like, they're already on trial by fire on NXT TV week to week, right? You don't need to throw them in front of millions of people and a huge-ass arena, and, you know, they just fall and stumble because they're not ready. You're 100% right, man. Look, um, Cesaro moved up. He was ready. Sami Zayn moved up. He was ready. Like, a lot of guys who moved up and were ready have long, prosperous careers. People who move up who weren't ready don't have those long careers. Uh, I, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, Enzo and Cass come to mind. I don't think they were quite, quite ready. They flamed out. Uh, no way, Jose, if you want to say someone lower on the totem pole, was nowhere near ready. There are guys, Apollo Cruz was not ready, and he kind of flamed out on the main roster. It's important to give people their time to actually develop in developmental. Crazy concept, right? Developing in developmental. <laughs> Could you imagine? Yep. All right, well, I think it's time to start chatting about this week's NXT TV. But, Matt, before we do that, you know what we got to do. One last piece of business before we get to it, and that's figuring out what our rating system de jour is. Well, Boris, uh, Roxanne Perez, the great Roxanne Perez, future legend of professional wrestling, the Connor McDavid of this business, uh, she won the title, and she won it with a maneuver called the Pop Rocks. So I think in uh, honor of Roxanne and in, uh, in honor of Pop Rocks, we should do 1990s candies, a little candy nostalgia 
on this year NXT talk. The main event better be rated out of five. Alicia Silverstones, if you catch my drift. <laughs> Jesus H. Roxanne uh, Perez starts well, the show. <laughs> uh, she's it, already do in- it. <laughs> Roxanne Perez starts the show. She's already in the ring. Uh, she's wearing her street clothes. Perez kind of, did you notice the Roxy chants? Yes, definitely. And she, uh, she she played it up while well. she was like, yeah, thanks, guys. And yeah. Roxanne is such a likable personality in this world of wrestling. And we said this last week about the fishing thing. The reason why we like that so much is just because it felt real. Wrestling is so dumb and so fake and so silly all of the time. It's just nice to have a, a semi-genuine thing. And when Roxanne comes into the ring and says, oh, thanks, guys, you know, it just feels like a real person talking to you. Exactly. I love seeing real things in wrestling, like, you know, referees throwing up black goo from their mouth. Just <laughs> those, those touching moments in wrestling is what I live for. Yeah, Before she could even... Sports-based sp- <laughs> presentation over here. <laughs> Before she could even speak, the camera cuts to a truck pulling up to the Performance Center parking lot, the most dangerous place in all of wrestling in NXT. Grayson Waller walks out. He wouldn't stop talking about how great he is. Um, He enters the crowd seats from the top of the seats. Perez kept trying to get his attention, saying he needs to shut up now. Waller said that he's the Iron Survivor. Perez said Waller wasn't the only Iron Survivor, and Perez won the match before Waller. Perez also noted that she won from the number one spot. Waller called Perez a Booker T, called Perez Booker T's favorite wrestler. Waller said Perez only finished the match because she needed to get home early for bed. Uh, Waller bragged about hanging out with some reality TV stars after his victory. Waller said there's no way Perez is beating Mandy. Braun Breaker made his entrance and called Perez the Iron Woman of NXT by lasting all 25 minutes of the match. Breaker said nobody gives a damn what Waller thinks. Breaker called Perez the future NXT Women's Champion. We get another Roxy chant. Waller called it Braun, uh, Braunathan. You know, uh, I'm not even going to say anything. And asked him how his jaw feels after Waller cracked it. Waller bragged about how he got two pinfalls in the match in the first few seconds he entered. He said others make memories while well, he's here to make moments. Breaker chased Waller away. Mandy Rose shows up, hits Roxanne Perez in the head with the women's title. Rose posed to end the segments. Uh, yes, yes. So I first, I, I can't remember this ever happening. It probably has in wrestling before, but like not even, not just a, a promo interruption, Boris, but Roxanne is cutting a promo and then Grayson Waller comes out and cuts his own promo. Like, he's not interrupting Roxanne. He did. But he's not, like, doing it to challenge her or even acknowledging her existence. He just shows up halfway through her promo and starts cutting his own because he's such an arrogant dick that the world revolves around him and it's all he cares about. So the show starts when he shows up to the show, and that's it. I love that. I actually laughed so hard at that. Uh, Yeah, like we said a little bit earlier, Roxanne was maybe a little nervous, maybe just on cloud nine for this promo. It seemed like this was not her best mic work, but we'll, we'll excuse it because it did seem like she was nervous, excited, giddy, you might say. And uh, she got through it. It was, it was a fine opening segment. You know what I love about NXT? And this is what I hope that we start seeing on the main roster. And that is the, just the mesh of the men's and the women's division. Just having it yeah. NXT. It's not 
NXT men and NXT women. It's just NXT. I want to start seeing more of that, right? Like that integration. And I'm not I'm not talking about intergender, but you can have moments like this where, you know, your two champions are fed up and something's going to happen, right? Or, you know, some whatever. You can be very creative with this in my opinion. But I just love the fact that NXT is going back to the roots of seeing the women on par with the men. Yes, on par. Perfect. Perfect way to put it. They are equal. They should be treated as such. And on this show, they are treated as such. And that's nice. It doesn't always have to be a love story when a man and a woman, you know, interact in wrestling. They could do stuff like like Chase University, which... To be fair to them, might turn into a love story, actually, with, with the end, Duke. So. The show cut to the NXT doctor checking up on J.D. McDonough. J.D. didn't allow the doc to talk because he knew that he was medically cleared. The Creed brothers showed up. Julius blamed J.D. McDonough for screwing up his knee. Brutus said he wants to hurt J.D. J.D. said he respects the love between brothers. The segment was cut when they cut back to Roxanne Perez in the ring. Perez said she didn't want to wait until New Year's Evil, and she wants her title match tonight. Mandy Rose ended up accepting the match. I really like that. Did not see that coming. We thought it was over, and then in the middle of J.D. McDonough's sentence almost, you hear Roxanne Perez shout, Mandy! And, and J.D. almost goes like, what? It like stops mid-sentence and then hard cut to the ring where the challenge is set up. And there you go. The uh, the women's championship match will main event this here program that we're watching. I thought everyone looked good in this segment. I actually really like J.D. calling out his own diagnosis to the doctor. J.D. is a smart man and a sick fuck. I like this. I like this entire opening segment. It kind of gave the show Same. this organic, this organic feel to to the entire show, right? Like I hate when it feels like we're watching a play happen and it's segment and new segment begins. I kind of like this this feel of this is actually going on. Like holy shit, right? Like I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, and there's like there's a difference between like chaos and like feeling like a lot's going on backstage and randomness like i i appreciate this like storytelling and things kind of blurring and blending in with themselves way more than five ECW. or six random segments ecw or rampage is what i was thinking of. yes random segments thrown out you all willy-nilly and sometimes it's moxley versus Takeshta, and it's fucking amazing but sometimes it's jade cargill versus madison rain you know <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly all right, Wesley enters the Performance Center backstage area. He was jumped by Stax. Both men brawled to the ringside. The referee called for the bell once both men entered the ring. And this kicked off the first match of the night, which was Wesley versus Stax in a non-title match. Good little match here. Uh, Stax is improving. Channing Lorenzo. Uh, his his God-given name, not really, but his <laughs> NXT God, his HBK-given name, the God of NXT. Uh, he's, he looks, he's looking better and better every week, and Wesley is fucking incredible. Just an excellent wrestler, an excellent babyface. I am all in on Wesley. Yep, some would say that the cards were stacks against Wesley in this match. <laughs> bang out, bang out. The cards... Were stacks <laughs> against Wesley. 
They should probably. You should. You, I, I could see why you repeated that joke two dimes, Boris. <laughs> eh? 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 <laughs> yes. Well played. Well played. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Lee had all the momentum to start this match. Stacks kind of slowed down the the uh, the match, and I really enjoyed that from Stacks because he's like, "Fuck you." I'm the bad guy here, and you're going to fight at my pace. So the match really slowed down in the middle. Uh, Stacks had the advantage after we got back from commercial. Joseph did note that Rose versus Perez for the NXT Championship was made official for this week's show. Stacks put Lee in a tequila sunrise. Lee escaped with the boots. Stacks came back with a backbreaker for a two count. Stacks then reversed a body slam by leaning into a crossbody. Lee caught Stacks with a Saito suplex after Stacks was being berated by Tony D. Interesting stuff there. I guess he didn't like his style, right? Yeah, that was, yeah, it was a little, uh, like, what are you doing? You're wasting time. Like, get on him. Get on the man kind of thing. And Stax was like, hey, Tony, I'm trying over here. It was, it was, it was actually a pretty fun thing. Like, Tony D'Angelo, as he's getting more confidence and more power, I guess, in whatever NXT is, it's becoming more of a dick. So it makes sense. They're, they're really leaning on a, for those Sopranos fans, which if you're not, I don't know what to tell you. Um, they're really leaning towards the Polly Christopher relationship, I think. Oh, interesting. Uh, hopefully it's the Polly Christopher relationship where they're just at odds and everyone laughs and not the Tony Christopher relationship where Tony kills Christopher. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> Lee flew at stacks with strikes followed up by a uh, CQC combo. Lee caught stacks with a running kick and a German suplex. Lee hit stacks with a waterfall kick for the win in nine minutes, 52 seconds in this non-title match. I like this match overall. You know what? Stacks, you can see that he's improving. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Wesley needed a big win. Little bit of storytelling. It's not the best match I've ever seen. But overall, I did like it. I would say just above the Mendoza line, a.k.a. the Jeff Jarrett line on this podcast. We're going to go three gobstoppers out of five for this one, homie. That's awesome. Dijak made his entrance. He went into the ring. Tony D'Angelo attacked Lee from behind and left him lying. D'Angelo glared at Dijak as he left the ring. Uh, so this was a little more confirmation that these guys are working together somehow, but we don't know how because Tony D'Angelo lays out Wesley, and as he's walking away, he says to Dijak, I just done your job for you. I just did your job for you. And then he walks away mad at Dijak. So he's paying this man to beat up Wesley, but he's not actually beating up Wesley. I think that's the story we're supposed to uh, have internalized there. Yep. All right. Duke Hudson was hanging out with Drew Gulak. After Gulak left, Thea Hale and Andre Chase showed up. Chase wondered if Hudson was entering the college transfer portal. Hudson said he wasn't transferring. He talked about how he was going to give his opponent, Damon Kemp, a Chase U-sized ass whooping. Yeah, so uh, this week, Duke Hudson is all in, and he's part of Chase University through and through, bleeding uh, red and black. Katana Chance and Kane Carter make their entrance for commentary as we head to commercial. Back from commercial, Ivy and Allen Tatum Paxley were already in the ring. Okay, Tatum Paxley, <laughs> I sent you this message. Why did she look so much uh, like uh, uh, Tay Mello? 
Hi, Mello, because you got to give the people what they want, Boris. That's why. No, yeah, yeah. Tatum actually looking great. Uh, in the ring, she looking pretty good, and out of the ring, looking pretty good as well. Also, I noticed just right now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, yeah, she's not wearing her face gear anymore. True. Yes, that's why. Yeah, that's why she looked so good this week because she didn't have a, a fucking repo man mask on. She wasn't looking like Rip Hamilton in the 2004 <laughs> finals. Like Undertaker, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, exactly. Phantom of the Taker. Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane versus Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. Uh, not a good match, but it was it wasn't like egregious. I would say it was a decent effort, but a, a shitty little TV match that ended in a DQ, you know? So here's my dilemma with NXT. It's developmental. You need people to develop. But I've noticed that for people who are, I'm going to say, not on par with being on national TV, they'll give them very short matches, which is kind of like a very, it's, you know, yeah. tit for tat. It's really difficult, right? And this is a perfect example of that. Um, it was This match only went two minutes, 25 seconds. Nile hit with Dolan with a high roundhouse. Jane tossed Nile at chance. And Carter, the tag champions, then attacked. Uh, tag toxic attraction for the apparent DQ. Things got chaotic, and they just cut to the back. Yeah, man. Yeah, so uh, you're exactly right about that. I just think the way to counteract that is do more and more and more house shows. Yes. Because if you put NXT on TV, you have to make it a TV show at some point. And sometimes you need to do a two-minute storytelling match to get from point A to point B. You just do. So you're completely right. It's not ideal for a Tatum Paxley who needs to be having 10 to 15 minute wrestling matches as often as possible with as wide a variety of opponents as possible, I would think anyway. But uh, what the fuck do we know, Boris? We're just here comparing wrestling matches to mini burgers. You remember those candies? Little mini hamburger candies? This match was one and a half mini burgers out of five. It wasn't it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but I couldn't really even call it a good effort. Really, in two minutes, we'll split the difference between one and two. One and a half. Sounds great. Odyssey Jones and Vaughn Useless were shown heading to the ring from different parts of the Ruth. performance center. Vaughn Car- Ruthless. <laughs> um, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams were looking at social media, talking about how Twitter is talking about Melo missing his shot on Saturday. Melo was wearing a Dodgers-themed jersey that said dollars. Melo said he would have won if the match was 30 minutes. Melo said he is still him. Trick showed Melo a picture of Axiom uh, posturizing Melo. Melo asked Trick to delete the Twitter picture because he's about to delete Axiom. Trick said you can't delete other people's Twitter pictures. (laughs) Uh, that was pretty funny. I did like to the opening line of this. They were, they were like, uh, it was just trick on his phone. And he was just like, damn, that Angela Bassett. And, and Carmel was like, yeah, black don't crack. It was just like a quick little line. They just kind of threw it in over everyone's head there. But I was just like, oh, my God, they, they said that on television. Yeah. And I'm, I, I am not disagreeing, by the way. Have you watched Black Panther? <laughs> It's just hilarious. Well well done by Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. Two of the funniest, best promos, especially Trick. Trick might be the funniest man in wrestling right now. That guy cracks me up every week. His facial expressions alone just kill me. Yes, Not yeah, as much as so the great. next match. 
The only reason <laughs> I'm even talking about this match is because Von Wagner lost. And it was Von Wagner versus Odyssey Jones. Two minutes, 54 seconds. Jones hit Wagner with a delayed world's strongest slam while the referee was distracted by Robert Stone. Yet again, wearing a gun holster under his jacket. He was running around the ring at a 12th. Malik Blade hit Wagner with a cheap shot as revenge for breaking his or ripping his dad's sweater. Odyssey Jones hit Wagner with a running crossbody for the win. Thank you for that. Yes, uh, this was Big Boss Man versus Test. It's exactly what this match was. If you've seen that in the in the Attitude Era, you've seen this match. We're gonna go two bubble jugs out of five. Bubble jug, a jug of powdered bubble gum. The 90s were a trip. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, was with big body Javi, Javier Burnell. And he said she's rooting for us. Mackenzie Mitchell said she's rooting for Eichmann Jiro and Javi's match later. Javi said that his fans are either big body bandits big body ballers or big body bulldogs mackenzie said that javi is no baller javi settled on big body believers javi left mackenzie said she still hopes that eichmann beats javi we said it last week but i'm going to say it every single week uh, because it has to be said mackenzie mitchell is dragging this man to relevance Kicking and screaming like Mackenzie is so much better than Javier in these promos. <laughs> Javier is, is doing okay. He's doing a good job. But Mackenzie is the fucking glue that holds this thing together. A TikTok video was shown of Nikita Lyon showing her support to some of her friends in the women's Iron Survivor match. I really liked all of these. The Nikita did one. A lot of the, the women's wrestlers who were not involved in the Survivor Challenge. Talked a lot about the Survivor Challenge this week. I appreciated all of those little promos. I thought they were all pretty good. Eichmann Jiro versus Big Body Javi, Javier Burnell. Uh, Jiro dominated the early part of the match with the with jacket punches. Javi came back with a lariat. Javi hit Jiro with a bulldog and a sliding lariat for a two count. Javi worked on Jiro with a bunch of offense. Jiro recovered, hit Javi with a top rope clearing liger kick. Hero... Roar rallied with jacket punches. He caught Javi with a Gamingiri and a Frankensteiner. Uh, Hero hit Javi with a leg lariat and did a handstand into the pin for the victory in three minutes, 15 seconds. Eichmann Jiro win. Yeah, a cartwheel into a lateral press, or perhaps it was a handstand, a round off kind of thing. I, I like that. I, I haven't seen that too much. Eichmann Jiro gets a win. Total NXT level up match. Uh, we're going to go two runs out of five for this one, Boris. Those are awesome. All right. As Eggman Juro is celebrating out of nowhere, Reggie Scripps attacks Eggman Juro. Scripps had a new tighter ring gear. Bit of an upgrade. Uh, Scripps stood tall wearing Juro's jacket after hitting Juro with a molly go round. But before that, he had to do the Scripps. Yes, did the scripts taunt. Plus side, his mask got a little better. It's no longer the single worst mask I've ever seen in wrestling. Now it's just kind of bad. 
it's a little a little sleeker, a little more modern. It doesn't look like something that you like uh, got ingredients for at the dollar store and then made at the bus stop while waiting for the bus to take you back home from the dollar store. Anyway, this match was uh, it, it was it was what it was. We already gave it a rating uh, scripts. Ah, he is what he is at this point. I love the athleticism that Reggie has. I hate the character that Reggie has been given. The show cuts the Wendy Chu sit-down interview where she talked about how she was so happy that Cora Jade didn't win. She talked about how she had friends like Cora Jade as a kid. She said that when she was invited to a slumber party as a kid, one of those friends threw a drink at her at the party and she didn't have spare clothes. She said Cora throwing a drink at her gave her PTSD at that of that moment and she doesn't want to live that moment again. I don't buy it. <laughs> like, obviously, I don't. I, I, I just mean like I can suspend. I, I can suspend my disbelief and buy, in a wrestling sense, the fishing segment. A lot of this nonsense, even scripts to some degree. I can believe that his tea has gone cold, and he's wondering why he gets out of bed at all. You know what I mean? But I do not believe. I do not believe this Wendy Chu PTSD thing. I don't get it. I don't buy it. This is bad storytelling, bad promo work. It's not her fault, but it's just uh, she was handed a bad script and she did her best. Every time I see a stupid promo, I just think I know he doesn't work there anymore, but I just think that Dewey Foley wrote it. <laughs> uh, so you say you would like to cane Dewey for his uh, for his scripts here? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> yeah fuck dewey foley no i have no strong opinions uh positive or negative toward dewey foley i'm sure he's a nice man alicia taylor introduced xavier woods and kofi kingston as the new nxt tag team champions new day made their entrance vic joseph was over the top and praising new day to mock booker t new day soaked in new day rocks chance Woods took the mic first and led the crowd in a New Day signature hip swivel championship thing. Kofi threw in that they were the triple crowners. Um, uh, yeah, Woods noted that Kofi is a triple crown singles champion too. Woods also talked about how Kofi passed Booker T's tag team title win record with 15. Kofi said as a special as this moment was for him, it's even more special for Woods. Kofi paused to soak in the You Deserve a Chance. The crowd chanted for Woods. Woods talked about being in NXT when it started 10 years ago. He mentioned that he was in the first televised NXT match against Big E Langston. Woods also talked about being the first NXT call-up. Um, there was a whole ESPN documentary about that, which was really cool. Woods said he had one thing missing, and that was a championship gold in NXT. Kofi said it was time to celebrate Kofi started to twerk on the ropes. Kit Wilson and Elton Prince pretty deadly make their entrance. Wilton said, no boy. Prince said the New Day ruined their Christmas. Wood said they wouldn't ruin Christmas because Santa is in the crowd. The crowd cheered the guy in the crowd. Uh, the guy, the crowd cheered the guy in the Santa hat. Wood said pretty deadly had a tough week with England getting kicked out of the World Cup and pretty deadly losing the titles. Kofi bragged about out twerking prince kofi said he believes they had magic in the ring last week kofi said he's serious that pretty deadly are both talented pretty deadly thank kofi for that woods then asked pretty deadly to say the pledge of allegiance <sighs> i forgot about this <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> the Incel Express come into the ring. Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen make. Uh, they're 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 in there with the American flag. Briggs and Jensen said they'll say the pledge for a title shot. New Day, the crowd, and Briggs Jensen did this while Pretty Deadly looked disgusted, as did I. New Day agreed to give Briggs and Jensen the tag title shot next week. Wood said that it was so easy and Pretty Deadly should have agreed to the pledge. The segment ended with Booker T saying he was happy the segment was over, as was I. I loved Booker in this. Booker hates the New Day. Booker T hates the New Day. He has no time for their shenanigans. Kofi Kingston said that he was a 15-time champion. Booker immediately says, that's not true. I did some research. I'm a 16-time champion. I'm actually the record holder. In not so many words, he said, fuck these guys and their parents and their stupid children. I hate them all. It was just amazing. He just has no time for the New Day. Uh, the only My only problem with this segment is you have uh, New Day request that Pretty Deadly read the Pledge of Allegiance. They refuse to read it or, or recite it from memory. So uh, the ins express the cowboy tag team run in and, and say yeehaw and then they read the pledge of allegiance and to every other country on earth except for america you have turned pretty deadly baby face <laughs> that's what you just did that's yep. what this segment accomplished that's the thing look you're american i'm american i live in the states yes. i went to school in the states i said this every single day i'm as patriotic as the next person with reality in set in stone now I don't like this Americana stuff on TV for the simple fact that this is shown worldwide, right? It's just, it's just, just it, 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 I get it to a certain extent. I really do. But there's a line, something like that. That's the line. Yeah, it, it was, it was a bit of fun. It was it meant was, to be a kind of saying, a joke. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm not offended in the least. Exactly. But I just think it's funny. Like, yeah, I, I just think it's absolutely hilarious uh, pro wrestling. And I do think like, you got to understand, like, a lot of people are cheering pretty deadly after this one, but that's fine. That, but I, I'm sure they know. You know what I mean? Like, they, Do it's, they? I, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes, uh, yeah. No, I don't think so, to be honest. All right. Whatever. I, I, I'm going to push back slightly on that just because Shawn Michaels was there in 1997 for the Canada versus USA stuff. I think they know. Uh I'm not saying they're building like a full on Canada versus USA style feud here between pretty deadly and new day. But I think every now and then they'll lean into some slightly Djangoistic stuff and kind of know what they're doing. Maybe I'm giving them way too much credit. You Maybe are. I am. If they had pushed the <laughs> tribute to the troops, I would have been fine. Okay. Fair. That's fair. it. Anyways, JD McDonough versus Brutus Creed. My second favorite match of the night. Yes, agreed. Agreed with that. Yeah, not a lot to it went too quick, but I love JD versus uh, one of these Creed brothers. I like the Julius Creed match, too. Yep. All right, McDonough fends off Brutus, dumps him to ringside. McDonough gave Brutus a missile drop kick, sending Brutus's hand into the announce table. McDonough then targets the rest of his offense on this injured hand. Brutus gave McDonough a catapult to send him ringside. McDonough then flew off Brutus's German suplex. McDonough tried to hit Brutus with a chair, but the chair was uh, taken away by Sanga, who had Veer Mahan next to him. McDonough ended up hitting Brutus with a Devlin slide at ringside. JD McDonough hit Brutus with another Devlin slide inside of the ring for the win in four minutes, 15 seconds, 
this is a match I wish went at least 10. Yeah, I, I could have seen at least twice as much, if not longer. 10 minutes would have been totally cool with. Having said that, I would still call it a good match. We're going to go three sweet tarts out of five for this one, Boris. Um, yeah, J.D. McDonough, he's kind of in limbo a little bit right now. I don't know. Is he going to start feuding with the Creed brothers? Like, I don't really know where this is going. Same here. Could have just been a one-off. Who knows? But, you know, it's these... Uh... For shows after pay-per-views that you'd never know exactly what's going to happen. Veer and Sanga shake their heads in utter disgust at Brutus Creed. Yeah, yeah. You, some, sometimes I kind of like that, though, when a couple characters are between feuds. So they'll kind of not really feud, but like bump up against yeah. each other for like three weeks a month. That's okay. I, I, I find that interesting. It's, it's Same fine. here. It's that natural progression, right? Yeah. The, um, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with Zoe Stark. They're talking about Nikita Lyons mocking Stark on TikTok. Stark said Lyons isn't in her league and a waste of a roster spot. Stark asked Lyons to bring her dances and TikTok stuff to the ring because Stark has the real talent. Solid promo from Zoe Stark. Her, her mic work is not her strongest suit, but this was perfectly fine. Perfectly acceptable. Good wrestling promo. Ever since she's gone healed, she's been pretty good. Like her, Way her mic work's been very to the point. Um, I think very reality based, right? Like you can only imagine that someone like Zoe Stark, you know, who has so much wrestling potential and is great at wrestling kind of gets overlooked because you have, you know, these these supermodels ahead of her. It's really hard to be a good babyface. It's so much easier to be a good heel, especially character, especially a good heel character. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. She, she's, she's way more comfortable in this role. We get a liar Valkyra Vignette to hype her debut after the break. We get a stylistic Isla Dawn promo airing. She brags about beating Alba Fire. We get some B-roll footage of a forest and random wolves. She talked about summoning the elements for winter solstice next week. She was shown making up her poison. They showed a slow motion clip of her blowing a poison projectile from her mouth to poison the referee. Okay, so just to summarize where we're at with the NXT women's division right now, Boris. We have Isla Dawn, who is a witch who does not live in the woods, but is highly influenced by the forces in the woods. Okay, and then we have Lyra Valkyria, who is the star of the movie Prey, the new Predator movie. She is a woman from like the 1200s who lives in the woods. She she lives in the woods that are influencing Iladon. She's probably adept at hunting and making fire. We also have Alba Fire, who lives, I would assume, in an apartment or a condo of some kind, is a normal human woman, but she just fucking loves fire so much. So it's like a rock, paper, scissors thing we have going on. Three women on NXT, each European, each more batshit fucking crazy than the last. Boris, what's going on here? Ah, Your guess is as good as mine. I really don't know. <laughs> It's funny, like Isla Dawn, spooky girl who is a witch, Lyra Valkyria, 
I guess not spooky, but she's from the woods. She's kind of similar. And Alba Fire, definitely spooky, full of fire, literally and figuratively. It's like three very similar characters. Amari Miller's in the ring. Lyra Valkyria gets an elaborate entrance with CGI clouds and rain <laughs> over the screen. I could live with the rain. The clouds, though, they just looked like someone please up this budget just a little bit. It was just like it was very, very silly. It is a very silly entrance. I was on board until the CGI thunderstorm hit. And then I was like, this is this is absurd. Lyra catches Miller with a wrecking ball drop kick at ringside. Amari grabbed Lyra by the hair and slammed her into the corner. Lyra came back with an axe kick combo. Lyra then hits Amari with the Northern Lights bridge for a two count. Miller comes back with a sweep and running senton for a two count. Lyra hits Amari with a modified dragon whip. She then hits Amari with a frog splash for the win in three minutes, one second. Highly effective squash match. I thought Lyra looked really, really good. Uh, she didn't completely steamroll Amari. She had a chance to sell a little bit, but at the end, she she won convincingly. I thought this achieved what it needed to achieve. I like this a lot. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll put a rating on it. Let's go three bubble tapes, not to be confused with bubble jug, which was bubble gum in a jug. This is bubble gum. In a tape dispenser, you see. I used to love that stuff. I Same. I used to fucking love me some bubble tape. Three feet of bubble gum. It's perfect, perfect candy for a kid. Yep. You know what's the equivalent of bubble tape in today's episode of NXT TV? Qu'est-ce que c'est? Axiom's turtleneck, which is coming up next. <laughs> because he was interviewed by the hardest, hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. <laughs> it, is, it is so funny to see just it's such a I'm weird character him. axiom <laughs> just, just like wearing a tan turtleneck just this the most soft-spoken nicest man in a turtleneck and a fucking luchador mask <laughs> i straight character. love the absurdity of this promo like this was amazing, and I know that like sometimes I I shit on this stuff, but for some reason I absolutely adored this. So Mackenzie brings up Axiom going up against Carmelo Hayes next week. Axiom said, "You can tell he looks nervous. You see, it's funny because he's wearing a mask that completely covers his face." Yes, so it's a little bit of a sight gag for you there. Axiom then asked Mackenzie to look into his eyes. Mackenzie was very befuddled at this. He said he fears <laughs> no one. He then talked about how people will see his huge smile when he beats Carmelo Hayes. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Uh, strange turn for this one, but I enjoyed it. Ten stars. <laughs> I uh, can't argue with any of those stars. Oh, this just killed me. Like, honestly, this is like... For someone, okay, here's the thing. A kid had zero personality. How is it that put a mask over his face and this guy becomes the funniest motherfucker in the world? <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but it is funny. Yeah, they, they actually added personality to him by putting a mask on him. That's crazy. That's, that's the opposite of what happens. Yep. 
All right, Duke Hudson, Thea Hale, and Audrey Chase make their entrance. Thea Hale is a little too much right now. She's entering the Robert Stone level of oh, calm down. Yeah. Good call. Good call. I agree. Yeah, she's yeah too caffeinated, too energetic. You have nowhere to go, girl. You're always on 12. Kiana James catches up with Brooks Jensen backstage, who acted all nervous and shit because he, well, whatever. Kiana said Jensen should be more happy now. Jensen said he's actually worried about Fallon, Fallon Henley's bar troubles. Kiana's busty secretary handed Jensen a gift. Good old Gigi. Kiana said it was a form-fitting dress shirt. Jensen said he's still worried about Fallon's business. Kiana said that Jensen should cheer up and win the tag titles. Oh yeah. So every time every time they do a they do this gimmick where it's Brooks Jensen virgin, he is manipulated because he wants to fuck and he can't ever fuck. They've been telling this story for like 10 months. Same beats over and over. I, I as these promos go, this was kind of good cuz I actually think Keanu James is all right, but this was still like at best at best this was uh, porn level acting, man. This was just yeah, just yet another shitty one from Brooks Jansen. Yep, this is no uh, axiom looking into his face. <laughs> yeah, very. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, just just dumb. So yeah, so I guess Brooks Jansen. Do you, the only way to redeem this character, the only way, is if he does in fact have sexual intercourse with a woman at some point, and then completely becomes the biggest dick. Instantly becomes a crypto bro, just like has no more time for his tag team partner or Fallon and just turn him heel instantly. And he, then like in a year or two, you can do like a redemption arc and, and, and bring them all back. That would be the way to save this, in my opinion. That would actually be entertaining. You're giving this this whole thing way too much credit. Oh, absolutely. I'm just trying. I'm grasping at straws, just trying to try to fix it somehow. But yeah, no, that, I don't expect that to happen. I love how we like constantly throw ideas to creative like, hey, this is what would fix this god awful thing. You try to touch Axiom in this gimmick, I swear to God. <laughs> no, don't worry. I, my only note is more turtlenecks for Axiom. <laughs> but yeah, triple, uh, triple A, Shawn Michaels, I will fucking move to Florida tomorrow, but you just let me know. The camera then cuts back to Toxic Attraction. Uh, Nyland Paxley, Chase, and Carter continuing to brawl backstage. Robbie Brookside and referees ran in to separate everyone. You see, Robbie Brookside is not as effective as Norman Smiley, clearly. No, definitely not. Also, uh, I, I, I would think that Norman would be able to keep his daughter employed. What are you doing, Robbie? <laughs> right? He's probably the one who got rid of her. Oh jeez, yeah, yeah. Actually, in storyline, that's so funny because she was so constantly annoying to him. That would be hilarious. If she, uh, that's like they should kind of, even if it's not true, they should allude to that on camera somehow. Yep. And I really do think the only reason Zaya Brookside lost uh, is gone is because of um, uh, Tiffany Stratton. They did have the same character and a very similar look. Uh, I hope Zaya makes a comeback because I think she's pretty good. I thought uh, for a long time, I thought she was better than Tiffany, although Tiffany, Tiffany did improve a lot right before she got hurt. Yeah. All right. Duke Hudson with Thea Hale and Andre Chase versus Damon Kemp. 
I'm digging Damon Camp a lot. Duke Hudson is always fun to watch. But these matches, man, three minutes, four minutes, three minutes. Yeah. This one only lasted three minutes, 50 seconds. And we're calling this the uh, the Brooks Jensen Especial, three minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> oh, I love it. Brooks wishes. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, this is, it's weird for Damon Kemp, who was pushed really, really hard. Uh, and now he's just on kind of a losing streak. But I do think this is going to lead to brother Gable Steveson showing up because Damon Kemp is, in fact, the brother of Gable Stevenson in real life, though he has a shitty fake name. Uh, Duke Hudson beat him clean, beat him up, and then beat him clean in what was an entertaining three-and-a-half-minute match. Yeah, Hudson hit Kemp with a sidewalk slam. Hudson hit Kemp with a chase you bionic elbow. Hudson then turned, tuned up the horn like Shawn Michaels and gave Kemp some sweet boot music for the win. Yeah, crowd loved it. I think uh, Damon Kemp's selling is improving. You, he kind of, when he first showed up, kind of really had no idea how to sell, but he totally looks like you, you don't really notice it, which is a good thing. You know, he, he wrestles, he's figuring it out. He, he's got the, uh, the defensive aspects of wrestling, kind of figuring out those, not just the offensive aspects as well. So I don't know. This is like eh, probably an average match ish in the ring, but I think yeah, with the crowd reaction, with Damon Kemp's improvement, with Duke Hudson's big win, we'll be generous and we'll give it three, uh, let's say, three push pops out of five. Remember those? Oh, push pops are great. Push pops are great. We got the New Year's countdown vignette. The blonde woman's face was still not shown. Again, I'm assuming this is Tiffany Stratton. Yes, here's what I would do. Because I think they're going to fast track Tiffany to the main roster. I really, really think that. So Tiffany comes back, feud her with Roxanne right away. Because Roxanne, honest to God, not only is she the champion, she's the best wrestler in NXT on the women's side. And she is the one who should be teaching Tiffany Stratton how to work. So feud them for six months, and then Tiffany Stratton moves up. Yep. All right. Next week, we're getting a bunch of stuff. We'll talk about that after. But uh, let's talk about the main event now, my friend. Roxanne Perez makes her entrance. Booker T was over the top and praising his former student. Did you catch this next thing? Where he mentioned she was the inaugural Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. Yeah, it's weird to you. Okay, so WWE has been mentioning other companies a lot lately. But it's weird to hear the words Ring of Honor come out of booker t's mouth yeah it, it really is it really is it's like it's strange but to me it's interesting because like i watch smackdown i have raw on um from time to time and i think this is the first time they ever mentioned a tony khan production yeah that's true hey eh? that's really true hey, i i like smackdown i can watch smackdown every week almost like smackdown's a good show raw is terrible and unwatchable just because of the three hour thing like they waste so much time but yeah i can i can watch a smackdown here and there yep um they push vengeance day i mean you know what i'm thinking of going to vengeance day i might do it i might just pull the trigger and go wow yeah, all the way to Charlotte. That would be sick. I I will not be joining you, but that would be that'd be really cool if you can get there, homie. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I know. I I can easily cover it. Right. All right. Mandy Rose versus Roxanne Perez for the NXT Women's Championship. This match was only given 
9 minutes and 30 seconds, but New Japan Pro Wrestling, take note, not every main event needs to be 25 minutes. Yeah, I had no problem with the length of this match. I thought it was a pretty solid match. Mandy's had better nights, honestly. I don't think she had a little, little maybe a little bit of an off night. Uh, but her her title reign has been so awesome that whatever, it's fine. It, I, I'm ready for Mandy Rose to move up. This was a feel-good match, a feel-good moment to close this show and kind of to close out the year of NXT programming. The topsy-turvy year that we've had in NXT, right? Like, it's so crazy when you think about it. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, so Perez does a sidestep to Rose, sends her into the ring post as they're both outside. Perez hit Rose with a suicide dive. Rose reversed a pop rock attempt at ringside and sends Perez into the steel steps. Um, the crowd are going crazy. We get dueling chants. Perez hit Rose with a jawbreaker. Perez rallied with an axe handle strike. Uh, a little later on, Perez hits Rose with a Frankensteiner for a two count. Uh, Rose hit Perez with a gut wrench suplex for another two count. Perez reversed kiss by a Rose for another two count. Rose rolled Perez into the yes lock. Perez used a roll up to escape. Rose hit Perez with a kiss by a Rose. Perez kicked out at two. Rose complained to the referee, gave Perez time to kind of get her shit together. Rose dragged up Perez's dead weight. Perez reversed the fairy tale ending into a two-count small package. She then hit Rose with a Pop Rocks for the win in nine minutes, 37 seconds. Right as soon as she wins, Booker T is seen on camera saying, we did it. Dreamers fly in the air. Perez is posing with the title. Mandy Rose looks defeated in defeat. And that was how we ended the live episodes of NXT in 2022. She did look defeated in that defeat. No, yeah, she was big mad to close the show. But Roxanne Perez, legitimate tears streaming down her face. Booker T, the teacher of Roxanne Perez. You could tell he was very proud. Shoot pride from Booker T. This was awesome, man. This is very nice to see. Uh, we, uh, we we did this rant recently on the pod, but I'm going to quickly go over it again because wrestling is fake, man. You know it's fake. We all know it's fake. But there are still real things in wrestling, and when you really see someone win their title, their first world title, it's a big moment. And yes, Roxanne was the Ring of Honor champion before, but this is her first world title in NXT. It's a it's a huge moment. She won a WWE title. She gets to go backstage. She gets to take the picture with Triple H. She gets to take the picture with Shawn Michaels. She is the she's the head of the class right now, and she deserves to be. It's so nice to be in a position to watch wrestling, to watch NXT again, and the best wrestler gets the title because they're the best. It's what used to happen all the time in NXT and in wrestling. It's what we grew up watching and wanting wrestling to be. Oh, man. I just, I, so much love for Roxanne Perez and, and her skill set and her budding career. I just, I hope she just is a Hall of Famer and just achieves every single one of her fucking goals. And this was great. It was a great little closing to a uh, slightly underwhelming but fun episode of NXT. Yep, if only the Rocks and Perez of hockey, Connor McDavid could win a world championship. <laughs> if only. Connor McDavid wishes he had the success of Rocks and Perez. We're going to go three and a half 
we got to go pop rocks for this one. I should have shouted out so delicious at some point, the soda pop based gummy, but we got to go three and a half pop rocks for your NXT women's champion, the great Roxanne Perez. I hope she breaks the record. I hope she holds this title for 600 days. All right, before we get to our top three, WWE already posted their exclusives. There's two interviews, and then there's video of Roxanne Perez walking to the back. We'll uh, kind of get all three. We'll start with Lyra Valkyria as she chats about heading to the top of WWE NXT. Nice. Lyra Valkyria, what an incredible debut. First and foremost, welcome to NXT, and congratulations on your first win over Amari Miller. This feather I earned tonight means more than you could know, because this marks the beginning of my journey here in NXT. And tonight, Amari Miller found out what the whole NXT roster will soon come to know, that I only travel as the crow flies. Dear Humbor, straight to the top. Thank you. That's that. Oh, pretty uh, straightforward promo from uh, the former Afy Valkyrie. Totally fine. Yep. All right. So I don't know. And I, this is only 15 seconds. So bear with us as we watch this. Maybe we'll hear Shawn Michaels or Triple H, someone. But we're, we're going to see what the reaction was literally as soon as Roxanne Perez walked past the gorilla position. All right, so the first person, literally the only person that you see in this video is Shawn Michaels as soon as she walks past that curtain and gives her a huge hug. That's awesome. That's so nice. Yeah, I was just trying to find this video real quick while you were talking there. I got to find that as soon as we're done this podcast. NXT Roxanne Twitter. Perez. Oh, okay. And the last one is Roxanne Perez reflecting on her journey to becoming WWE NXT Women's Champion after beating Mandy Rose earlier tonight. Let's hear what she's got to say. Roxanne Perez, the new NXT Women's Champion. How do you feel? <sighs> About, um, let's see, 2016 have it right here on my wrist, is uh, the year I started wrestling. And uh, I was 14 years old. And that was the day that I just said, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I get to the WWE. No matter what it takes, I'm going to get there. And my whole life revolved around wrestling up until now. Everything I did, ev literally every single thing I did, was to be here and was for this championship. And I'm sure you saw, I uh, just broke down into tears out there, but everything was worth it. All the trials, the tribulations, the ups and the downs, everything, every single thing was so worth it. And this is proof to every little girl out there that no matter what you tell yourself, no matter what doubts there are in your mind, it can happen. You can become the NXT Women's Champion. <laughs> Congratulations, Roxanne. Thank you. 
Okay, I really like this. What? Okay, so one, my one comment here is that Roxanne Perez, Roxy, whatever you want to call her, has won two major promotion championships, and Kelly Kincaid has been there for both championship interviews. Oh, true. That's a really good call. I hadn't even uh, considered that. Yeah, the former Quinn McKay from Ring of Honor, Kelly yeah. Kincaid. So you should see Kelly Kincaid. There. She looks like she's ready to cry for Roxanne Perez. Like, this whole thing is heartwarming. It can it can bring Aww. a tear to a glass eye. That's awesome, man. That's that's what I mean. Like, there's so much on television. There's so much bullshit. Jesus Christ. Donald Trump was just the president of the United States. He was on The Apprentice. I don't know if you ever saw that television show. Lots of bullshit on television is what I'm saying. But this is real. That was that was real. That was as real as life gets. She actually did work hard. She actually did get this accolade on real television. It actually does matter to her that much. And it actually might inspire a young kid out there to f- chase their dreams too. It inspires me and you to chase our dreams and one day make a cent on this podcast and perhaps pay our rent talking shit about wrestling. Could you fucking imagine such a world? I can't. I can't imagine such a world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, have, I have a lot of things. I, I'm, I'm not gonna say at this moment. Just not get us in trouble. But uh, shout out, uh, shout out to Roxanne Perez, who reminds us all that uh, all you gotta do is be fucking sick. Just get out there and get after it, and eventually, uh, things will happen. As a lot Conan of people, O'Brien, man, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go first. I was just going to say that a lot of people have proven over the past few years, especially in wrestling, you just got to bet on yourself. Absolutely. Bet on yourself. That's the perfect way to put it, man. Do you remember Conan's quote when he uh, when he left like The Tonight Show, that whole thing? No, I don't remember hey. this. Oh, okay, so he, uh, it was just it always it sticks with me. Nobody in life, nobody in life gets exactly what they thought they were going to get. But if you work really hard and your kind amazing things will happen period i truly believe that man i really truly do i try to live my life that way and uh and when we see a roxanne perez achieve her dreams on television it reminds us why we not only why we watch wrestling but why we keep fucking waking up in the morning you know what i mean and the fact that a silly little wrestling show the fact that wwe's triple a show could give us that feeling today it's a thumbs up good job by nxt yep you want to quickly go through three stars before we head home sure thing number three our third star has to be lyra she looked really good lyra valkyria uh auspicious debut here in nxt looked pretty pretty solid uh our second star honestly booker t Booker T delivered on this show, and he was so hilarious in the New Day segment, and so uh, so great on the main event commentary. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the silver medal on this show, and your number one star, the easiest decision since we instituted this gimmick, Roxanne Perez, your number one star of the evening. Uh, it, it, what more needs to be said? Just just a feel good moment, and now you're here. Now you're here, girl. Now the pressure's on because. Now it's time for you to show that you actually do belong, that you actually are the one. Now it's time for you to actually score 170 goals in this season and perhaps win the Stanley Cup, Connor McDavid. Exactly. No no better way to leave this episode off. This is such a high note. 
I'm so happy for her. Um, and and honestly, like it's just just you know keep working hard and good things will happen. Keep working hard here on the S Enemy Radio. We have the best and worst coming at you over the next few weeks. I believe it's the last. Uh, the Christmas episode and the New Year's episode. We'll be recording that later this week. Quick reminder, Wednesday, 11.59 p.m. Wednesday, December the 14th at 11.59 p.m. is your last second to get the ballot in. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you, you guys know the schedule as you're all patrons. Um, you know, Thank you so much for being a patron of SNME. We appreciate everyone's, uh, you know, Time, money, effort, everything. And we try to give you the best content humanly possible. The bang for your buck. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Until next time, stay tranquilo. Shout out, Roxy. Aye, aye, aye.